How do you connect with God in nature? Welcome. You are listening to the Walking with God in Nature podcast. I'm your host, Shelley Perry. Here you will find inspirational stories that we hope will motivate you to get outside, enjoy nature, and connect with God. Today we have on a awesome guest, Sarah, and she is spectacular. I can't wait for you guys to hear from her. <laughs> she is a mother of five beautiful girls and they are very adventurous. And Sarah is an amazing DIYer and she just can do so many things. So welcome, Sarah. Thanks, Shelly. So tell us a little more about you. I grew up in Texas, um, lived there still most of my life at this point. Um, my husband's from Texas, two different parts. Uh, we've moved around quite a bit, mostly uh, down south, southwest and uh, the deep south a little bit. But we've been living up in uh, Ohio and West Virginia for the last few years. So most recently, West Virginia. <laughs> yeah. So tell everybody a little bit about that. Like, I'll let you tell it. So how, how'd, okay. you, get, how'd you get to where you are, maybe? Right. So... Um, my husband uh, felt real prompted that maybe um, we needed a change of pace, that he was really interested in the idea of um, our being lifestyle. And he's been a remote employee for probably the last 12 years. So as long as he has internet connection and the ability to occasionally travel, it doesn't matter where we're at. And so I at first reluctantly agreed to start looking at it. I was, I was not, I was not in that mindset. We had um, a beautiful home and an incredible neighborhood and all the things I thought I wanted when we lived in Ohio, um, a huge house, you know, a pool and you know, just all the things that, that society kind of tells you, you should want for. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I prayed about it and was a little like, Myth that I felt <laughs> definitely that the Lord was leading us in that direction. And so um, we went ahead and uh, talked about putting our house on the market and never made it to the market. Um, we found out there was a family that went to church with us that uh, was looking and it's kind of a bonkers area real estate wise. And so we sold to them and the closer and closer we got to us being fully untethered from things. Uh-huh. Um I just, I kept feeling really strongly that we needed some kind of home base. We needed some place that if crazy things happened again, like the pandemic or what have you, that we needed some place where we could go and to be safe. Mm-hmm. And um, this sounds really crazy when I say it, but you know what I mean? I just, yeah. I could not shake that feeling. And, and finally, I looked at Michael and I said, we have to do this before we can go on that journey. I, we can't just go on this journey and look for things as we're going. I'm like, no, we need to do this. And I don't think we need to be far from here. So we started, um, because we were in Southwestern Ohio, we started looking in Eastern Ohio because it's beautiful out there and just never could quite find the right place. And um, we saw a piece of property in West Virginia, just just across the border in West Virginia. And um, we came down to look at it um, right around Easter Easter weekend. Uh, we got lost in West Virginia's countryside, <laughs> could not find this property to save our lives. We were in the area. We realized there was no way 
that this property that we had been coming to look for um, was in any way, form or fashion going to support us being able to pull our fifth wheel onto it. And so, but we had driven three and a half hours. So I was like, Uh well, let me look and see what else is in this area. And let's go, at least it won't be a wasted trip if we can find some place and show up. Uh So I found another one and I was like, we took this one off the list because it's over a hundred acres. And that seems bonkers because that's a hundred acres. I mean, we were looking for like 10, 15. Uh It had started at five and just kind of kept getting bigger and bigger. Um, I said, but it's only like a 30 minute drive from right here. So I think we should go and see it. I mean, we're already here. Right. And we pulled up and it, where we bought and, uh, it felt so great. And it, we walked up, um, one of the trails to go up the mountain and all, all the kids that were with us, our youngest three were with us. Um, we just, we just felt so like attached, like this is the spot we need to be. And so Michael and I talked about it and we both decided absolutely this is where the Lord is, is sending us. This uh-huh. is where we need to to go. And so we went ahead and made an offer. Um, and he had three parcels and somehow <clears throat> Michael talked me into all three parcels. So now we have 289 acres. <laughs> And we were still planning on traveling full time and then just using this as our comeback to. Um, but as we came here and uh, went, you know, went to church and kind of got to know some of the folks at church, we both, it's funny, we both felt like we needed to stay here. Uh-huh. Like we never would have looked at this property because there's not a home here. I'm, uh-huh. It has all of the amenities, like all of the utility type stuff here, but there's no home here so if we had had just intended on selling our home and moved to another home this never would have been an option for us but because we had the fifth will um suddenly you know it it seemed like the lord brought us to a pivot point that he took us to a point where we could see the ultimately where he wanted us to go which Mm -hmm. we wouldn't have seen from point a so he had to take us from point A to point B, so we could see the ultimate point at point C. And so that's where we're at right now. We're, we're in our fifth will. We're on our land. I just, again, I feel an incredible amount of wonder at being here. And the fact that, you know, my, my entire life, we would go, we always went east when we went on vacation. And every time we would drive into the Appalachian Mountains, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And the fact that we own a part of that now is just mind boggling to me. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, I I just, there's, there's no doubt in my mind that this is where we're supposed to be. I don't know that I felt this settled in a long time and that feels good. That feels really, really good. That is so neat. Yeah. It's amazing how the the Lord works in his mysterious ways, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Step forward with that faith and just, yeah, you go with the flow and then he's like, uh, no, I actually want you to do this. So, <laughs> right. Well, and now you have the fifth wheel, so you can go and travel if you want, right? <laughs> we can, we can. And that, that's the other thing. Um, someday you'll come visit me. I'm just sure of it. That's but, right. um, the road situation here is kind of bonkers. I always <laughs> laugh and tease and say, you know, everyone has like a standard road width and West Virginia's like, 
we can do with less of that. So <laughs> all of the roads are narrow and, and they wind around the mountains because the whole state is covered by the Appalachian mountain system. Uh-huh. So um, it would be too expensive to cut through a mountain. But where we're at, like where the main part of our, like the most accessible part of our property, um, we've got a really good road system to get here and not everywhere here is that lucky. So um, yeah, yeah, it was interesting getting, getting the fifth wheel in. It it worked out really well, but again, luckily (laughs) the road system is of such that's conducive for us to be able to, to have that freedom to do that. So that's awesome. That's cool. Do you have any plans to travel a little bit or are you just going to stay and probably um, after a little while, but we're, we're definitely um, planning on kind of digging in for the winter yeah. and getting prepped for that, which my, my mom's been so worried about. She was uh, telling me earlier, she's like, I just, I don't know about this. And I'm like, it'll be fine. It'll, it'll be totally fine. <laughs> So, I mean, you have all this property and I know you guys have already had a lot of adventures on the property. So what is the draw, do you think? I mean, you're basically living in nature now. You have this fifth wheel, but you're outside a lot. Right. We are. Um, So I get antsy if we don't go up the mountain at least every other day. Awesome. Um, There's there's so much land out there. Um, Well, I mean, just... It's like we own our own like forested mountain and it's yeah. kind of, kind of amazing. And that was, that was the other agreement that Michael and I had when we looked at each other and I said, this is the place. And he goes, you know, that means we're going to have to be outside. Right. And I'm like, I'll get over myself. Cause I am not <laughs> always just a grand lover of being outside, but, um, it feels different, you know, uh, again, I feel, I feel very called to do this. I always joke and say I blame uh, Little House on the Prairie. That was one of my favorite shows as a kid. I've always been fascinated by uh, the idea of like the homesteading lifestyle mm-hmm. of being more self-sufficient. And, you know, someone's like, you didn't need that much land to do that. I'm like, I know, I know. But I think I think just being out in nature is one thing. But being out in nature with a focus and a goal to do something is much, much different. Yeah. And, Again, we felt very prompted to move here, and I f- have felt a drive to continue to do things. Uh, again, I, I feel antsy not going up the mountain every other day. You know, we have game cameras to check, and it is a huge piece of property. Um, and there's a part that, I mean, you have to have a presence up there because otherwise people will come and hunt on your property when you haven't oh. given them permission to. And this was a hunting property for, you know, five, six years. And so um, there's a lot of maintenance and upkeep to do. Um, We're constantly up on the mountain uh, now that Michael's gotten a lot more comfortable with the tractor on the mountain paths because a lot of those little trails up the mountain, like you're looking straight down. You know, if you have a misstep, you're driving off the side of the mountain, Um, which can be a little nerve wracking. Um, I have yet to get the nerve to go. There's a path from our, our meadow area that goes up the side up to the mountain. That's the easiest way to get up there. But I am too nervous to do that one. Once we get up to the top, I'll drive all around up there. But it's oh, getting yeah. getting there from that that route that I'm not 
just in love with. So there's another back route where you can take county roads up the back of the mountain. And anytime I drive myself (laughs) up onto the mountain, that's how I go. So there's just, there's any number of things that, you know, we'll, we'll take some getting used to. But again, I just, I feel like this drive to be more self-sufficient, to not only me learning these skills, but then passing them on to, to my children is really important. It was odd. Like I was talking to to the younger girls the other day and I said, you know, it doesn't take very long for those skills to wither and die. Um, My mother grew up on a farm and I know she knows how to do all of these things, but she worked most of my childhood. I did not learn those things from her, you know? So I will talk to my mom about this and she'll say, oh yeah, you have to do and she'll spit off all these things. These are these are bits of knowledge that she had that I never, you know, it, it was like that chain didn't pass down because mm-hmm. she had to help provide for our family outside the home. And I want to make sure that my girls know how to do these things. If they choose to do them, that is their, that's their business. But I want them to have those skills uh-huh. so that, you know, if they choose this kind of lifestyle on their own later, it's not such a struggle for them. As I feel like, you know, because there's so much conflicting information sometimes out there on the internet. It's just, it's kind of nerve wracking deciding, well, am I going to do a till garden or a no till garden? Well, I, I don't know which is best, you know, it's, 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 it's kind of, uh, I think frightening sometimes just trying to differentiate between, between the two. Yeah. I think the main thing with that is just to get started. And for right. me, I just learn as I go, you know, hands on figure it out, tweak it here and there. So, and I mean, you've even had some, you were talking about foraging. So you've had some already bounty coming from the land, right? Yes. Yeah. So there, um, we have a ton of blackberry, wild blackberry bushes. Um, and then they have uh, the wineberry as well. It's, it's a wild raspberry. Oh, they taste yeah amazing they're an invasive species okay. so i've had several people are like you you should take care of that i'm like should i <laughs> i really like to eat them and um whereas we plan on having a, a really productive garden and probably raising some animals down here in the meadow area i mean we don't intend on doing that up on the mountain right uh-huh. we want to leave nature as much as possible it's like owning our own like state park almost Uh we want to maintain we want to preserve it but we don't necessarily want to cut down everything to try and you know have a bunch of cattle up there or anything else you know Mm -hmm. um that's that was not our intention when we bought the property um but what is covering the entire mountain are these wild wine berries that taste amazing they make a great jam they're yummy and yogurt you know they freeze well so it's like one of those like I do intend on us harvesting what we can up there. Um, But yeah, I I, I have no intention of clear cutting or anything else. I mean, we enjoy just hiking back up in there. I don't even know how to explain it, but you know, we've got a herd of deer up there, you know, and um, my husband's intending on hunting this year. And that's, that's kind of awesome. He's never hunted our entire marriage. So He's a great shot though. So I have, I have confidence in him, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, it's wanting to preserve like a balance there. Right. Uh, You know, I, I, I only want to add to the land. I don't want to, I don't want to try and, um, pervert it to what 
people might think, right? I, I just want it to, to sustain the way it is. Maybe doing some, keeping the underbrush down, you know, doing some maintenance, things like that. But on a whole, we just want to preserve the forest back there, keep the trails clear and, uh, you know, really just help it thrive a little bit more. Why do you think you want, you have that draw to just do that? It's just so beautiful back there, yeah. you know? Also, I, I worry about uh, erosion mm-hmm. because it is a mountain and we get a lot of rain here. I worry if we tried to do something bonkers and like clear cut the mountainside that, you know, we might have some problems with landslide or what, what not like that. Um, and ultimately, I, we're not looking at trying to make this big profit off of our land here. We're trying to provide as much for our own needs here as we can, right? Yeah. And I don't need to like a herd of cattle up there, you know, to take care of that. Um, I think hunting deer and maybe one cow sometime down the road would probably help out. Michael and I definitely talked about that. You know, there, there's a lot of little spindly trees that aren't really helping anything out of clearing those out. There's there's a lot of things that grow here that are super beneficial. Um, I've just got to figure out how to use them the best. I know we've got a lot of yarrow and that, that has medicinal uses and, mm-hmm. you know, Every time I'm up on the mountain, I'm taking a picture of something different that I have no idea what it is. <laughs> I told Michael, I'm like, oh, stop the car. I have to get out. I don't know what the heck that is. And so I'll take a picture. And then when we get back down and I have cell service, I'll look it up and try and figure out what it is that I found. And there's so many things up there that, well, not necessarily for um, regular consumption. They're fantastic for medicinal herbs and things like that. And so, mm-hmm. I again, I don't want there to be this like mark on the land where it's something awful that I've done to it. I, I again, I just I feel like cleaning it up and caring for it. Um, yeah. Be a steward in the best way you can. Right. So, I mean, if, if it's beneficial for the land, we'll do it. If it's going to be like this huge thing um, or, you know, could be detrimental, we're going to leave it. Right. So that that's kind of where we're at right now. We enjoy the the forest back there. And um, I, I'm probably going to turn a couple of goats loose back there. Yeah, yeah. That, that'll just help with the underbrush. But, right. uh, you know, again, anything that we do is just just going to help maintain. I You know, I, I want to keep the ticks down so that we can enjoy it more out there, Uh you know, just anything to uh, help, help the land thrive. That's exciting. (laughs) It is. And you mentioned about how you felt about the property. I mean, when you guys go out, it seems like, I don't know, is there that peace as just being out in nature and just feeling to me, it'd be a, it's a spiritual presence. It is. It is absolutely spiritual presence. I mean, it's, it's hard to be out there and not just look and wonder at, you know, mm-hmm. everything that God has provided. You know, I mean, I just even to it, the invasive berry species, it provides something for someone, right? right. I mean, they do kind of take over. If, if you just like let it go, it would be crazy back there. But it has a purpose. You know, it's not just yeah. a, a plant that is taking up space just for the sake of taking up space. You know, it's going to provide something for us. It is amazing to me um, that that's how Heavenly Father works, right? Mm-hmm. And um, it feels like such a reward to be able to care for something, but then also reap the rewards from it, right? Yeah. But yeah, there's just, there's no cell service on the mountain. So it's, 
peaceful up there, <laughs> right? Because you're truly disconnected from things, which can seem scary. <laughs> Two days ago, uh, we were working in the yard outside. And I told Michael, I'm like, I haven't been up the mountain in two days. You need to get the keys and let's go. (laughs) And he didn't even question. He just got his shoes back on and went outside. And we went up the mountain and and we're driving around. And um, typically we do this Sunday afternoon, but we have been exploring new trails. Uh Um, We have a a vehicle that will drive off road. And you have a few uh, few trails to explore. And there's (laughs) always new trails. We keep driving by especially right now because there's um leaves starting to come down so it's not as thick as it's been uh-huh. so you're starting to see new things that were just obscured by greenery <laughs> prior to now and um we checked one out and came across the down tree and we didn't have the chainsaw on the back so we couldn't clear out the tree mm-hmm. and so um the sun was going down and we were backing up and we both We both were in the vehicle. That was our first mistake. I should have been out as like a lookout, but we turned, we turned the vehicle when we thought we were at the bottom so we could turn around and drive out of there. And we bottomed it out Oh no! and realized we can't get out of here. And the sun's going down and our kids are down the mountain and there's no way to get a a hold of them. (laughs) And um, so we got out and I had my work boots on, which are really heavy. And Michael walked so fast and um, I could not keep up with him. And finally, I looked at him. I said, I need you to go get the other car <laughs> and come get me. I am not going to make it down before the, the light, before we lose light. I'm going to wait. There's um there's three big deer stands up there. And uh, one of them's in a in a wheat field. They they had planted it wheat for the deer. Oh, it's okay. wheat and clover. I said, I will wait for you in the wheat field at the deer stand and he goes okay and then he took off and started running and suddenly I'm by myself on the mountain (laughs) everything sounds louder when you're by yourself (laughs) and there's like a whole herd of deer up there and a bear somewhere that I've not seen and so I'm just like I I kept singing a hymn really loud to myself because my (laughs) shoes were heavy and my legs weren't moving fast enough (laughs) and then I I did have my cell phone but no no signal right and so I turned the flashlight on because the sun fully set before I made it all the way to the wheat field and something big was moving through the, through the trees. I, it was a deer. I know it was, but I was just like <laughs> freaking out. No, <laughs> it was, it seemed scary, but at the same time I felt calm. Oh, and so awesome. once you get up the deer stand in the wheat field, you have just a smidge of signal. And so I had luckily put on dinner before we went up. And so I texted the girls real quick, like, hey, you guys should go ahead and start eating dinner. Um, <laughs> Dad's going to have to come back and get me. And he did. He came right back up um, in my car, which luckily um, we got me a little runaround car that also uh, is capable of going off road. Um, but yeah, he came back up and got me. And so it was still like this crazy experience, but it was fun. You know, it's, Uh it's interesting and fun to explore and find these new things. And we're still finding things because we haven't, you know, we've, we've probably seen about 85% of the property now, but there's always little pockets where, you know, we're, we're discovering, Oh, Hey, that's where that trail goes, you know? Um, so it's really, it's really, really neat though. And that's interesting. I mean, that you, you felt that calm, I'm sure the hymn and all that helped. Uh (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I do that myself, but, um, 
it's your land and you have that peace there. And even though there's right. those animals. Well, a- luckily, I mean, black bears are not supposed to be overly aggressive. Okay. <laughs> From what I understand, they're pretty chill. Um, somewhere on our property is a black bear, Jen. So I've been told, but we have yet to see these bears on anything other than trail camps. So I'm like, okay. I don't know. I think it's the sound of our vehicle probably keep them away because it's new. You know, we've only been here since June and we were gone like all of July. (laughs) Um, So I think it's just kind of new for them. They'll probably get used to us and we'll probably start seeing them. (laughs) That's the biggest thing. I'm like, where are these bears at? You know, (laughs) Um, our neighbor across the street was the former caretaker and he keeps trying to explain where it's at. But I'm like, I don't. I don't know where that is. I don't understand your <laughs> descriptions at all. Like that doesn't make sense in my brain, but. Um, can he like map it out or can he, is it too hard to do I'm that? sure he could. He, he would probably, um, he'd take Michael up there or me if I asked and kind of point to where it is. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, we, we've, I, I felt a lot more comfortable um, being out there. Um, and I know where most of the trails go. Michael knows where all of the trails go. I uh, some of them, I'm still like, wait, where are we going? <laughs> when we first, we bought um, an old Forerunner. Mm-hmm. Um, and we didn't realize when we bought it that like an actuator or something was out. So the four-wheel drive wasn't engaging at the beginning. And so we actually had it in the shop to have that fixed right when we first bought the property. And Michael would leave out um, in the afternoon and then come back about, I don't know, sometimes shortly after dark or right uh-huh. before dark, he, and he just walked it. He walked everything he could. And of course he moves so, so darn fast, um, when he's walking and he has, um, like a, a game, a GPS type app. And so he, oh, okay. he walked most of the trails and I did not do that. <laughs> so I've walked some of them because, um, that's what we did for the longest time. We would hike up the mountain. And, um, like we did that during foraging season, uh, unfortunately, <laughs> um, a lot of the, the wine berries, which are so delicious. Um, they're also fragile though. So the kids, I, I had buckets connected to their, like their hiking pack. Uh-huh. Um, they don't stabilize those buckets at all with their hand. They just like willy nilly walk around. So we would come down with one, one bucket full of delicious looking berries that I carried and then like four buckets of juice. So (laughs) that's, that's the other thing that's exciting about having the four wheel drive done. So I told Michael, I'm like, we will drive to do berry picking this next year so that we can do in patches and then preserve more instead of having these buckets of juice that I have to throw away because it's just ruined at this point. But we did do some, um, a lot of hiking during the berry foraging, um, when we were going up the mountain, uh, to do that. And so that, those are the trails that I'm the most familiar with, mm-hmm. but yeah, there's several of them that I'm like, I better not drive down that one by myself. I don't remember where that one goes. If I have to back <laughs> out of there, I don't want to have to back out of there. Cause there's never a place to turn around. You're just backing up, you know, this narrow mountain trail. But so are your girls just loving it? Like being out in nature and being to you know, seeing this skill of foraging. I mean, that's right. And that's awesome. They're learning as they go. They learn that they can't slosh the berries, you know? Yeah. Um, I will tell you, uh, again, most of the time it's us like with a foot on their backside, shoving them out. 
<laughs> Once they get out there, I guarantee you every time I've heard at least one of them say, oh, I'm having fun, you know, <laughs> like, it, but it's the, I don't want to go outside. It's hot outside, um, which is of course not the case anymore that fall's coming. But um, yeah, every time they are able to calm down and then really enjoy it, they really enjoyed the berry foraging. Mm -hmm. Um, there was only one day that was maybe a little, um, less than desirable because Michael was like, let's go explore this trail guys. And then it took us forever to hike up out of there, (laughs) but yeah, they are actually really enjoying it. Um, there's just, there's all kinds of stuff to do here. That's kind of what I experienced as a kid. We were never inside all of our entertainment was outside. And that seems like that has shifted from my childhood to their childhood. Yeah. And particularly like, you know, with the pandemic, nobody was encouraged to be outside and around other people. And um, I think it kind of took its toll. But here we're in a very small living um, situation. Again, now that now that fall's coming on and we're getting cooler temperatures and there's not as many buzzing situations like things buzzing your head, they're going outside, outside a lot, lot more and really, really enjoying it. Um, I'm not having to, you know, fret on to get out the door or anything, but they're going out and helping out and then choosing to go back out on their own later and just play. And, you know, we have archery stuff and they, so they'll go out and shoot a couple of arrows off or whatever, you know, I mean, it's, uh-huh. It's definitely, it's definitely been a blessing. And then I love also whenever they, they'll tell me plans that they have for something. You know, you know what, mom, we could put like a trampoline over here or, oh, that would be the perfect tree for a tire swing, mom, or, you know, all these different things Uh um, that they will start making plans for. There's a creek at the back of the property or uh, of this meadow area. Mm -hmm. And that we went hiking in on Saturday. And that was so cool. Um, we went further back than we've ever gone before. And they really enjoyed that. That was amazing. And Michael and one of the younger girls had gone back before, but I had never gone very far back in there. And it was, it was really cool. It was very, very cool. But um, yeah, they're really enjoying being outside. Um, right now, uh, my 14 year, year old and I are um, studying uh, about chickens right now. Broiler. I could not think of the word broiler chickens um, because I think we're going to go ahead and jump into that even though winter's coming on. I think it'll be okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Just put heat on them. Right. It'll, it'll be, it'll be fine. We, we've, we'll figure that out, but um, Mm -hmm. yeah, um, we definitely, we want to, they love the idea of getting chickens. I love the idea of getting chickens. Um, I like the idea of them having something that needs to be done outside as well. Uh-huh. Um, keeping them connected because it's so easy. I think right now, especially with this generation for them to get absorbed and sucked into things that are not real, right. That are virtual experiences. And I want them to have real, you know, experiences um, outside of devices. I mean, technology has its place. Um, it, it helps us keep connected to people that are far away. That's how I'm able to speak with you right now yeah. or my, my family that's spread all over the U.S. Um, and it certainly, I think, helped them with friends that they left behind in Ohio. But uh, I am definitely all about looking for opportunities for them to have 
real experiences in person, especially again, outside, you know, and none of them have really shirked from that, which I think is, is telling. I mean, they may whine about it a little bit, but they're also excited by the prospect of us getting chickens. And then, you know, they're looking forward to the next thing like, oh, mom, are we going to get a pig? Oh, I would love a pig, you know. (laughs) Well, even in you said you had mentioned to me earlier that about your traditions on Fridays. Yeah, we do Campfire Friday um, every Friday. Um, The only time we probably don't do it is whenever Michael is out of town. And I I don't know what my deficiency is, but I cannot get a fire going to save my life. Um, so I, I did get one going enough for them to roast exactly three marshmallows and they each consumed a marshmallow <laughs> and then had to come back inside. Um, but yeah, we do that a lot and we explore different recipes um, with our Dutch ovens. And so if the whole meal is not cooked outside, at least one component of it will be. So uh-huh. we've done where I made something easy inside and then we ate Um, a cobbler that we made in the Dutch oven or something for dessert or Michael has done. um, And he likes to get the girls involved. He he's, he's the one that really spearheads that the most. I am a great supporter of it, but again, I, (laughs) I cannot for the life of me get a fire started and keep it going. Well, your girls come in, they need to learn. And exactly. (laughs) Yeah. The other day, Michael was like, Oh my God, gosh, this is embarrassing. (laughs) He goes, we're going to have to do like a fire clinic or something for all of you guys. But um, I mean, he's shown me so many times. I just, I, I don't know what I do wrong. Um, Even to it in the controlled environment in a house, we had a wood burning stove and many of our places that we've lived, I can never get a fire going and keep it going. But yeah, we do. We super love doing campfire Fridays and, um, the kids are uh, usually outside playing soccer or something else in the front yard or playing with the dog. Um, so I, I really love that we do that. We started doing that um, early on in the summer. And I told Michael I wanted to continue, continue doing that. I know we're going to get some cold, cold times this, this winter, so we may have to put it on hold just for yeah, it may be hard to keep things warm enough to cook all the way through. <laughs> but um, I yeah, I, that's the, I think that's going to be a tradition that we can keep up. That's neat. Yeah, I love putting there's purpose in stuff. And so there's right. purpose, purpose in that in that connection of being outside and learning a skill and then your purpose in, in different things on your land. It's it's awesome. And I think that's what makes that stronger connection to you and that property is there's purpose behind it. Right. That real purpose. So what advice would you have for the listeners of how they can get outside and connect more with nature and with God? Well, I mean, just getting your foot out the door is a big one. Um, I I know for me, sometimes it's hard to talk myself into things. I am my own worst enemy. A lot of times Um, I will talk myself out of so much stuff. I have a hard time like peel on the bandaid off, but just like the girls say, Oh, this is more fun than I thought it would be is going out. And, and then I think it's um, mostly about your, your outlook, right? Your attitude. If you're looking at, Oh, it's so hot out here. Oh, there's this bug keeps following me around or whatever. (laughs) I think it might be hard to see the joy and feel in it. But if you're looking for, 
oh my gosh, look how green the grass is today. Or, you know, looking for those positive experiences, you know, looking for fun things to do outside. If it's all nothing but work, I think sometimes being outside could feel like a chore yeah, and not as much. Um, and, and there can certainly be um, joy in those chores, but I think looking for ways to find recreation outside as well is really important. I think just being outside, it's hard to miss the bounty and um, it's hard to not recognize Heavenly Father's hand and all that we see because everything, you know, he created for us. Um, And I think it's probably good to do those affirmations and think about that and make a concerted effort to think about, I'm going to look at one thing that I know Heavenly Father had a hand in while I'm outside today. And to recognize that and and express gratitude for that, I think that's really important is to just recognize and say, I'm going to make sure to say thank you for this. Because I know that helps me. If I, if I take the time to recognize and then say thank you for something, um, I'm more liable to look at that thing again, right? And to, and to continue to look for other things to expand upon that. Thank you so much. That is a lot of good advice. Just stepping out, being grateful. And yeah, your attitude and your perspective, the gratitude towards Heavenly Father for all that we have in nature. It's just amazing. And all those great, delicious berries. I didn't think we were going to get anything. And then I realized how many berries there were. And I went full blown on that. And I think the girls and Michael were all a little surprised. And I'm like, guys, this is the whole purpose of us having this land is for us to be more self-sufficient. This is stuff that we don't have to buy from the store. Frozen berries are expensive, guys. <laughs> and so um, I had never made jam before. So that was a new experience. I made freezer uh-huh. jam, which now I'm regretting. I wish I had done regular jam so it wasn't taking up freezer space. But um, I, we have apple trees and uh, one of the branches broke. And so I had to get those apples off. So I was like, what, what can I do with this? So I made a huge vat full of um, apple cider vinegar and that is still marinating in there. Um, And then I made a ton of applesauce. I hate regular applesauce. I don't like cooked apples, but I refuse to let things go to waste. So I bought, I bought a bunch of strawberries because unfortunately we had eaten all of our wine berries, but you know, again, because the sloshy buckets, we didn't get as much put away of the wine berries, which is, are my favorite. Uh Um, So I made some strawberry applesauce and then I still had more apples left over and I pulled a bag of blackberries out of the freezer and I made blackberry applesauce and it tastes awesome. I wish I had a food mill because then I could have gotten the seeds out, but the girls helped me. It took us all day. We made 12 quart jars of applesauce. Cool. And um, in our tiny little RV kitchen, I mean, (laughs) but I think it's good for them to see the links that I'm willing to go to put this food away and how important it is not to let things waste. Because again, those are gifts that Heavenly Father has given to us, right? Yeah. Um, I think it, it is up to me to make the best of what we have and not let things go to waste. And I mean, whatever apples were left, the deer more than took care of. Um, yeah. We have so many videos of the deer just right in front of our... I mean, we're outside on Campfire Friday, not 15 feet from them. And they're just like, hey, I'm going to eat your apples over here, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, nothing's going to waste. You know, I, I still think it's a great 
to preserve what I can um, to put away for a time when maybe it's not nice outside and we can't just go out and pick an apple off the tree. We can still enjoy, you know, that flavor or what a beautiful experience. I mean, you said that the deer came and down and and ate right there while you were there. So, I mean, for your kids, even just to witness that. Yeah. It's been so fun as we walk up on the mountain um, when we're hiking they'll be like, Oh my gosh, mom, come check out this deer trap, which, um, I will say deer in West Virginia are almost like squirrels. They're everywhere. Oh yeah. (laughs) They're everywhere. I mean, they don't even point them out when we drive past them anymore because they're just, they're all over the place, but, um, they've seen wild Turkey. There's a bunch of wild Turkey up on the mountain Oh, and, um, just them identifying the different tracks has been kind of fun. We found some Bobcat tracks, which luckily have not run back into the Bobcat. (laughs) Um, cause I think that would be kind of scary. It's all those little like things, them starting to recognize the different plants when we're out, because I share that you know, they can recognize one of those wineberry plants like that. Now, you know, they don't have to ask to double check. Oh, mom, do you think this is, they know exactly what it is. It's a distinctive look. And I love that. I love watching them learn and then retain, you know, that knowledge and, and them having interest in it. And some of them have more interest than others or, um, in certain areas more than others, but yeah, it's, it's really cool them being able to identify different types of trees. Um, I know at least one of them is like, can we make some maple syrup this, this winter? And I'm like, I got to look up the rules, but we're going to try it out. You know, we've got lots of maples. It's seeing them be excited about these projects. And then, you know, of course, kids have such a short attention span sometimes, but then being able to be the parent and remind them of this and see them get excited about it again and get ready to, to, travel down that road is I think doing this journey with the kids is probably the most exciting. Um, my oldest daughter hasn't been here yet, but my, my second one came down and she was pumped about everything. You know, she went hiking back up in the Creek and she picked up some, some cool things that she thought were neat and took them back home with her. Um, so, I mean, things like that, I think are are pretty great. I think what we're building here, you know, a family legacy, it's pretty great. Well, thank you so much for sharing all you have. There's so many adventures ahead of you, I'm sure. This is so exciting. Thank you for listening to the Walking with God in Nature podcast. Please rate and review to help this podcast reach others so that they can be inspired to go outside and connect with God. Make it a great day and go out and play.